Welcome to the Life and Rhythm Podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God, with one another, for the good of others, in the valley as it is in heaven. Welcome back to the Life and Rhythm Podcast. I'm with my friend, Adam Everett. What's up, brother? What's up, man? <laughs> this is season three, end of season three. I was just thinking about this right before the countdown was happening, and I asked Matt a question. When did we start the podcast? It seems like it's been 17 yeah. years since we started the first the first season, but those are, yeah. those are uh, COVID years. I think we could all attest to COVID years are like dog years. And uh, I I did have hair uh, prior to the podcast (laughs) um, being launched. I'm pretty sure you at least had a bigger beard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just falling out too. It's definitely getting grayer. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of gray hairs. Um, There's a lot less hair. Anyway, uh, but season three is wrapping up and it's been a, it's been an exciting one. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. t- I'm gonna hostile take over the hosting part of it not right now. I'm gonna ask you the first question. <laughs> Perfect. So, because you you've been not only interviewing and hosting this season, but you've also been because I know you you've been talking with these folks. It, it wasn't just by accident that you chose the the people that you chose. So you've been uh, talking with them for quite some time. What? Just the first question, what stood out as, as you kind of re, recap or as we think about the season overall? Um, and I want to know, just for the listeners, for the you know maybe the few that have listened to every episode, um, if you could think about, so not only something that was said in the, in the episodes, but maybe some things that were not said, uh, maybe as you prepared for it or after, afterward thought about it that's kind of come out in the season. Yeah. So thanks, bro. I, one of the things that I have been doing in the background of all the episodes is reading this commentary by a guy named Frederick Dale Bruner on the gospel of Matthew and specifically around, um, you know, our rhythm community church was kind of, it was centered around this vision of Matthew 11 28 to 30. And this guy has like 50 pages of commentary all around those few verses. And he ends that commentary by saying this, if I could just quote him, because this, this puts me at ease when I think about the church and what we're called to be and what we're called to do. He says, the secret work of the spirit can energize Christian witness for the mission is the Lord's it really isn't all up to us. And then he said, he quotes Deuteronomy 29, which he says, you know, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the revealed things belong to us and to our children forever. But I think the thing that was maybe spoken, unspoken in every episode, that if you go back and re-listen to any of them, you're going to find that everybody we interviewed, they just didn't seem anxious about it that they really understood that the mission is the Lord's, 
the church is the Lord's, and it really isn't all up to us. And even before we started recording, Adam, you know, you and I were talking about Revelation and how the beginning of the book of Revelation is all about listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. What are you saying to the churches? And leaning in and listening to that, because he is the energizing power, and he is the energizing person of Jesus to the church. He's He is the one who connects us to Jesus and allows us to be the church and do the things that we need to do to live into who we're called to be and what we're called to do. And so um, I think if I could just kind of lay out what I hope people took away from this last season is there's not one single way to do it. And the work of the spirit is always creative. It's not anxious and it's very creative. And I think, you know, you and I have talked about that, that maybe at times, hopefully, hopefully nobody's listened to this podcast and come away with saying, oh, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Right. I mean, have you felt that along, along those lines? Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly, um, you know, all of us have a journey that we're going on with the, you know, the word, the phrase or word that's been used a lot lately is this deconstruction. Right. And yeah, I think in the same manner, there's a, there's a, there is a way in which to be led by the Holy spirit in deconstructing some of the things that we've made primary, um, that are secondary at best. And oftentimes even further down the, the line, uh, for mm-hmm. us. So I think, I think in, in a lot of ways, COVID, although extremely difficult and and in a in a really hard season for a lot of people, I know a lot of pastors, especially who have given up. You know, the great resignation is yeah. is for real. Uh, it's not just in ministry, but it's it's also across industries. Um, but I think there's a reason why there's a great resignation. I think not just only in faith or or the components of of church, um, but also just in general in life, like, what is my purpose? I, I don't know how many times I've had those conversations mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Um, what is, what is my why, you know, what is, what is the thing that really truly motivates me? And when you start to look at those secondary or tertiary issues, that's not a big enough why no. <laughs> just not. not. And so, um, I think in terms of, of, you know, best practices, or, you know, we've talked about it in, in regards to f- um, function over form. Um, it, it, you know, it's like, I don't really, you know, at the end of the day, like when I get up in the morning, I really don't care what type of mechanism I use to deliver coffee into my body. <laughs> I just want, I just want the caffeine, right? Yeah. Um, now, if you were to say, here's a coffee mug and it's water, you know, it may look like I'm going to drink coffee from the outside, yeah. again, form. But I'll tell you this, the function of the water in terms of caffeinating my body is not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be pleased by the result, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, all this to say, I'm going around in circles. At the end of the day, there is a lot of ways to do church, you know, to from from the identity of being the church and the activity of the church. There's a lot of expressions all over the world. And I need to personally repent of 
there's so many times I've said, man, this is the only way. And that may be true for me. That may be what God's called me to. Honestly, it may be what God's called me to. This is this is the thing that I I need to be stewarding and I need to be doing. Um, but I can't place that on other people. Yeah. And uh, other individuals or blanket it for a church community to say, no, this is the way that you need to go. Um, I think for me, it's one, the reliance of the Holy Spirit and dependence upon that and listening to the Spirit and allowing the Spirit to lead. And then two, let's make the main thing the main thing. And so often we deviate from what is the intent of the church? Well, the intent of the church is to see people be redeemed and communities be renewed and all of creation be restored. And, mm-hmm. and so for us, um, it's got to be for the good of other people. We say that a lot. Yeah. And I think it was John Talley who said this in an episode. He's like, people got to know if the church moved out of the neighborhood, there would be a void, you yeah. know? Um, and so for us, it's like, let's, let's see things really start to progress in our culture. And, and what's that look like? Well, the underlying thing is it's a disciple making culture. Um, we are creating and cultivating a disciple making culture that permeates itself outside of the walls of the church. And that really does start to change Mm -hmm. things, not because we are really good, but because that's what the Holy spirit does when the Holy spirit is infused in and, uh, sort of wrecking people's lives, people change and communities change. Yeah. And I think one of the evidences, if, you know, if you're listening to this and you're wondering, well, how do I know? if the Holy Spirit's guiding me or how do I know if it's of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will always glorify Jesus. And so you can ask yourself, is, is what he's saying to you, lifting your eyes up to Jesus? And is it lifting your eyes off of yourself onto other people for the good of others? Like you were saying, you know, one of my favorite episodes was with Linda Morris and Danae Pierre. And we had an Instagram post about this. I'll just quote Danae here for a second. She said, if we think about what it means to be the family of God, the actual framework we're given on how to display his love is that there are no throwaway people. We get to find those who think that they're thrown away and welcome them to the table. Dang. And to me, like the Holy Spirit is always going to orient ourselves towards <laughs> what I would refer to as some of God's favorite people which Jesus uses the phrase in the New Testament, the least of these, the poor, the broken, the hurting. And it's always been the culture, disciple-making culture of the church to reach out to those who are on the margins of, of the culture around us, the people that are devalued or forgotten or mistreated. God is always going to move towards them in the name of Jesus to let them know they're not a throwaway people. I've gone back to that quote over and over and over again, because sometimes I think we are focused on who can we gather rather than who can we reach. <laughs> there's a call. Dang. You know what? There's the alarms are sounding right now. You are saying something that is on point. <laughs> He's muting. Is it done? It's not done. Wow. Yet. He's muting. It's done right now. It's done. It's wow. Done. 
Wow. Well, that woke that, everyone yeah, that up. Was, so say that one more sounded, time. Dude. That last part. Alar- alarm sounded. <laughs> there are no throwaway people. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, dude, well, I, and, uh, and the, yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind with that, I was just, I was just thinking as you're, as you're talking about, I think so often, um, so I'm going to say something and I don't, I'm not going to discount what we think often. What we think is when we think about throwaway people, we think about the, the least of these being, um, I'll, I'll just use categories here. So homeless, um, uh, extreme poverty. Um, you know, uh, I, I think we can go down that line a little bit more. Um, but so often I think there's a bunch of people in, especially in America. Um, and I would say the vast majority of the listeners, uh, here are like, well, crap. I, I mean, I don't know any poor people. And so it's like, okay, well, what do I do? Do I go, you know, to the soup kitchen downtown? Do I, you know, what, how do, and, and I think there's some people that may be called to that personally. Yeah. Yeah. For the vast majority, I think their, their eyes to see and ears to hear the poverty in people's lives that are not just, um, you know, not just monetary or not just, um, you know, in that particular light, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's yeah. extreme poverty in least of these and ways of which we wouldn't necessarily say, I mean, it could be even for the rich, right. Or for the extreme wealthy yeah. that there's extreme poverty in emotionally or, uh, or, uh, socially, like they just don't have, you know, I know a lot of people that don't feel like they have one close friend that they can even engage with or talk to. Um, so I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Like, and when we talk about the least of these, I know what maybe comes to your mind, but as oh, you man. kind of frame it out to, you know, the majority of people that are rubbing shoulders with others, what would be your encouragement, um, to really start to dive into understanding, um, the least of these around you? Yeah, dude. So let me, let me put some flesh on this and, and really just a couple examples from this last week for me personally. One would be a conversation I had with a young guy who sort of, sort of connected to a church, sort of not. In the moment, he became a least of these person because he started sharing about his relationship with his father. And tears started flowing from his eyes, and he started talking about how, and his dad's just never really told him how proud he is of him and how much that's affected him in all of his relationships. This is a guy who has a job. This is a guy who is uh, considered probably middle class or upper middle class. And so categorically, not a least of these person. In the moment, definitely a least of these person. Somebody who is experiencing some level of poverty, emotionally, relationally, he, he needs to be filled up. And that was a moment where I just, the Holy Spirit gave me an opportunity to listen to him to cry with him and to not offer any easy answers. And in that moment, to me, that's what it looked like to love the least of these. Yesterday, Mother's Day, uh, which I know this episode is not releasing for another week, but yesterday, Mother's Day, you know, my kids woke up and two of my boys had sore throats. And in that moment, who, who's the least of these in my house? Who's experiencing pain on any level 
my two sons. And so what did we do as a family? We rallied around them. You know, we made special meals for them, soft meals for them, smoothie type things that day. We embraced their suffering as they whined, as they yelled at us, as they were, because they were hurting their little guys. And so their pain led to them exploding on us at times. And to us yesterday, they were the least of these. They, you know, we went out of our way to serve them and to love them so that they knew they were valuable. And I, so I would just frame it up as, you know, Jesus in the book of Matthew, where he's like, I was in prison and you visited me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I think he's not trying to say the least of these is only people who are in prison, hungry or thirsty. He's trying to frame it up as whenever you move towards somebody who is impoverished in any way, you're serving me. You're serving the least of these. And I think when I think about the purpose of the church, it's moving towards the pain. It's not neglecting it. It's not numbing it. And it's definitely not saying everything's okay, sunshine and rainbows. And it's, it's naming the pain and entering into it and allowing yourself to feel some of the pain with them. Yeah. Yeah, we were, um, so in our community, we were going through just bit by bit going through the book of James. And um, this is an awesome example of, again, putting flesh on this. I love doing discovery Bible studies and with, especially with the collection of people that are really wrestling with their faith and some, you know, believing that Jesus is Lord and some not really sure yet. Um, and then everything in between. And we're going through uh, James chapter four, the, that first part, and the collective I will statement for our community, um, which we, we don't tend to do very often, but there's some times where everyone says, man, that's it for all of us. That's cool. <laughs> um, which is pretty, it's a pretty cool moment where the Holy Spirit has aligned people from, again, all walks of faith and where they're at in their faith and said, this is, this is for, this is for us. And what it was is, is understanding. Um, so James four talking about, um, you know, basically turning your rejoicing into mourning, you know, mourning or lamenting the, the, the sin that's in your life, the, the things that are dividing you from righteousness and God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the question that was asked was, when's the last time we, we lamented over the things that we are holding on to that are causing us to be comfortable, you know, comfortable. Um, and I think often we, we look at the sin of commission, the things that we commit or do. Um, and not very often we look at the sin of omission of the, the, the things that Jesus has clearly called us to that we just omit from our lives to say, now we don't want to do that. That's too, that's too challenging. That's too hard. (laughs) And so there was a really good conversation around, um, around that through the lens of an individual in our community who has hit rock bottom and, uh, wanted to, to take his life when he was addicted to meth. And he is now, um, I want to say around the, the 30 year marker, maybe plus, uh, being sober. Um, but he, 
he said yesterday when we had this our discovery Bible study, he said, I had to hit rock bottom in order for me to mourn the loss of the thing that I held on so tightly to. And he said, if I could categorize my life in that moment and and then thereafter would be around these verses of, of James 4, 1 through 12. That's it. And everybody's just blown away. But he said, it, I can't want that for anyone. I can't desire that for anyone. You have to want that for yourself. And you have to really start to discover your why. Um, I think I say that story just because when you're talking, I think when we ourselves are in a place of mourning the loss of whatever thing that we hold on tightly to, we're actually able to appropriately look at other people with a great deal of empathy in the same way that we've been broken. We enter into their pain and their, um, their problems, their challenges with a great deal of, of empathy and compassion. Yeah, bro. Um, I think about when Jesus, uh, it, I forget if it's in the synoptic obstacles, but he, you know, he looks over the crowd and he had great compassion yeah. on them. They were a sheep without a shepherd. And that's disciple making. I mean, that's the root of, of who we're called to and how we're called to them is with that type of bent and that type of posture. So good, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to name that whatever our mission of the church individually, collectively looks like, it's going to be in the shape of a cross. It's going to include some level of giving up the, the kind of love that we're called to is a sacrificial kind of love. And it's also one of deep joy. There's also deep delight and enjoyment as we give up our life in order to really get it from Jesus. In order to experience the resurrection, there always has to be a death. And so for us to enter into the resurrected life, we have to, we have to die. And I think that, you know, again, going back to that quote of, you know, it really isn't up to us by Frederick Bruner. I think that it's important to name that it really isn't up to us, that it's, it's up to God to do this work. And I'm praying that God's Holy Spirit would empower us to do immeasurably more than we can ask for or imagine according to his power, not ours, according to him at work within us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.